present. I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. The antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome. This is, in fact, a special international edition of the program in the style of Top of the World. In America, we have Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. <laughs> and in Australia, we have Willie Rushton and Tim Brooke-Taylor. All right. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have any radio links, so I hope they'll speak up. And we start... Oh, very big, down under. <laughs> I noticed. We start with a, a round called Wise Old Saws. In this one, I'm going to ask you to give me a few wise old sayings. And we'll start with you, Tim. Oh. Um, wise old saying. Two's company, three's the Beverly Sisters. <laughs> I was told that if your TV breaks down, it's the weekend. <laughs> or, or halfway through the cup final. <laughs> Very good. Barry. My mother told me never give a shooting stick to an Australian. <laughs> but you didn't listen, did you? <laughs> How about you, Willie? That's why Rolf Harris has the expression uh, on his <laughs> Old saw. When Irish eyes are smiling, run like a hairy stoat. <laughs> or conversely, a bird in the hand is worth two years in the scrubs. <laughs> Graham. It's thrice round the duck pond, thrice round the lee, thrice round the hawthorn, three times three, thrice round the cowshed, thrice round the moon. What a bloody waste of an afternoon. <laughs> I don't think we can improve on that, can we? No, we can't. But no, I, no, but Tim but thinks Tim he can. Says, <laughs> no, we can't, but two, just like a rewrite. Two's company, three Cyril Smith. <laughs> Right. No, we can't. <laughs> well, this is where I uh, give the team's advance warning of the late arrivals that they'll be announcing later on in the programme. This week we'll be asking them for late arrivals at the journalists' ball. The journalists' ball. Okay, oh. and uh, this is where we wake Colin Sell up and ask him to do the accompanying <laughs> here because we have a singing relay. This round is where the members of each team sing a song taking alternate words. If you get through the song teams, I shall make you do it again faster. We're going to start with you, Tim and Willie. Your song is Widdicombe Fair. Tom Pierce, Tom Pierce, lend me your great mare all along, down along, as along lee. For I want for to go to Widdicombe Fair with Bill Brewer, John Stewart, Peter Gurney, Peter Davy, Daniel Wim, Harry Hawks, old Uncle Tom Tommy, and Well, I warned you, that was much too easy, so we'll do it faster, please. <laughs> Colin, will you please? Tom Pierce, Tom Pierce, lend me your eyes. 
Right, Barry and Graham, you know what you have to beat now, so your song is Don't Rain on My Parade. Great. Nice and easy. Don't tell me not to fly. I've simply got to. If someone takes us, Bill, it's me and not you. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. <laughs> Don't tell me not to live. Just sit and utter like candy and sir. Some a ball of butter. Who told you you're allowed to rain on my parade? How much for the end I'll beat my drum. Guys, buddy, guys, buddy. Have fun. You guys. Play the cell phone, Okay, well, I'll award that one to Barry and Graham because they got marginally more applause from the audience. We now go on to the game called Excuses. This is based on the game so popular with married couples called Where the Hell Have You Been? It's Gone Midnight. Someone, someone I'm about to nominate will ask a searching question. The next person will make an excuse. The next one will follow that excuse and so on until I press the buzzer or murder is committed. And we start with you, Tim Brooke-Taylor. Um, why were you late last night? <laughs> um, the car park was flooded. It hasn't rained for three years. <laughs> um, well, a, a water tanker shed its load in the car park. <laughs> you haven't got a car. <laughs> um, I was getting a lift in the water tanker. <laughs> water tankers are famous for only having one seat in the cab. Uh, I was travelling in the tank. You can't swim. Well, the tank was empty, I told you, it shed its load. <laughs> Why didn't you take the tube? I told you I can't swim. I couldn't get across the car park. It was flooded. <laughs> well, how did you get home then? Ah, yes. <laughs> I hailed um, a passing Duncan Goodhue. <laughs> Duncan Goodhue is in Venezuela. <laughs> Did I say the car park was in England? <laughs> oh, bye, Dad. Welcome home. <laughs> uh, on general aggregate of applause there, um, Barry Cryer is slightly ahead. And you can actually you can see that they've all had a lot of practice at this game. <laughs> We're going to start with you, Barry, now. You've forgotten my birthday. No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, wonderful. The old master. Oh, how did he do it? You haven't, you say? <laughs> uh, you say you haven't. Prove it. Happy birthday. <laughs> See? Ah, hold hard. Or <laughs> <laughs> make your own arrangements. You've, um... You forgot you you've forgotten a present though. No, I haven't. <laughs> Two in a row. I've brought you a briefcase. Why has it got Tim's initials on it? 
No, 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 no. Those stand for um, a terrific birthday hyphen treat. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you ungrateful swine. Hold, hold hard yet again. Uh, this this briefcase is is full of your things. The paper bag shed its load in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This brassiere is yours? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm breaking it in for a friend. <laughs> but, but it's enormous. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday, darling. I'm breaking it in for two friends. <laughs> and who may they be? Yeah. Telly Savalas <laughs> and Duncan Goodwin. <laughs> Merciful oh, relief. I'll give that to Tim. We'll <laughs> take it anyway. Because it was going on too long. And uh, we have now 20 questions mystery guest. This next round, it's an old favourite, the 20 questions mystery guest, in which our panellists attempt to identify a mystery celebrity in 20 questions. I'm afraid before we begin, though, Tim, you have to leave us, I believe, for a few minutes. Yep. You've got an appointment, I think. Sorry, yes. Yeah, well, get back as quickly as you can. Okay. Mafia hot pot supper. <laughs> well, we'll limp along without Tim now for this round, and uh, we come to the moment when our audience, and you listening at home, Discover through our computerised board here and <laughs> our own mystery voice who the mystery guest is. And today's mystery guest is Tim Brooke Taylor. Tim Brooke Taylor. Right, the audience at home and our audience here in the studio know who the mystery guest is. And teams, it's up to you to guess now in 20 questions. And I can tell you that he's a vegetable with animal connections. <laughs> vegetable with animal connections. Are um, you below or above the waist? About quarter, about quarter to seven. Is he in Australia? No, I'm not Australian, Cobber. <laughs> right, that's twelve questions gone. Um, are you an entertainer? <laughs> no. <laughs> I lied about that. I am an entertainer. Ah, because I've, I've nearly got it then. Are you heavily into flexible rostering? <laughs> <laughs> You've guessed it, haven't you? Are you in terrible trouble? Yes. <laughs> Name the father. <laughs> Bill Oddie. <laughs> Only three more questions now, team. Three more. Um, oh, gosh, I wish Tim was here, because he's good at that. I know. <laughs> Two more. <laughs> Were you in carry-on camping? No. Right, the last question. Oh, it's Barbara Windsor, you see, I see. Norma Wynn. I'm afraid not. I'm afraid I have to go. I've got to get back to a radio programme. Okay, Mr. Voice. It's Norman Tebbit, isn't it? <laughs> Getting on his bike. Will you reveal yourself? Oh! oh Hello, Welcome back, think? Tim. You better tell us who you are. <laughs> I am uh, Tim Brooke Taylor, and I claim my five pounds. <coughs> That's okay. me. I've known you for, what, 20 years? Well, flexible rustling. With the competition uh, tensely poised, we go on now to bedtime story. For this round, 
I want one of the members of a team to make up a bedtime story. From time to time, he'll give his partner a signal for a suitable sound effect to reinforce the dramatic effect of the narrative. For extra excitement, the person doing the effects will be wearing headphones with music playing to prevent him hearing the story. Tim and Willie. Willie's going to tell the story. Tim's going to come out here where we have a table with all the sound effects neatly laid out. And Willie, I want you to start a story now that begins, The Seven Dwarves Began to Wend Their Way Home. The Seven Dwarves Began to Wend Their Way Home. They had spent all day down the mine, picking away with their little picks. <laughs> Great. As they neared home, they heard a strange noise from inside. <laughs> Doc sniffed the air with his enormous hooter. Ah! <laughs> Someone's up to something in the kitchen, he mused. Good musing? Looks like Snow White, said Dopey, but sounds like Fanny Craddock. <laughs> Understandable reaction. <laughs> Fanny Craddock, said Grumpy, sighing deeply. Sounds like Larry Adler. <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> that was very good. Actually, there were some very uh, apposite sound effects went on to that story. See if you can do as well, Barry and Graham. Who's going to tell the story? I'm going to tell the story and Graham's going to do the uh, sound effects. So, Barry... Barry, will you, will you continue a story that begins, As the clock struck twelve, Cinderella dashed from the ballroom. As the clock struck twelve, <whistles> the king decided to get it fixed. <laughs> Cinderella dashed from the ballroom, and unknowingly, she dropped her slipper. <laughs> With a shoehorn. But she rushed on, paying no heed to an old owl in a tree. <laughs> a trained owl. <laughs> and the sound of the soft wind through the branches. It's a funny old night, she thought. She opened the door of the castle... and fell on her waterbed and <laughs> greeted her old friend, the cat. <laughs> I should never have had him seen to, she thought. <laughs> then, she, then she put the kettle on, <laughs> but decided to have some pop instead. Suddenly, at the end of this story, in the ugly sister's bedroom, she heard a strange noise. I think I'll get back to the ball, said Cinderella. The end. Well, I think, uh, Graham and Barry, you win that one. Now, we're going to do an ad-lib poem. And everybody uh, who's followed this series through the years uh, will know what that is. I'm going to give someone the first line of a poem, and they continue until I buzz them with the buzzer that goes like that. And then the next person continues. And we hope that eventually... 
we shall reach an artistic conclusion. And the first line now, which I'm going to give to Willie Rushton, Thanks. is, Oh, to be in Balham now that Mabel's there. <laughs> oh, to be in Balham now that Mabel's there. I love her glassy eyeballs. I love her raven hair. The way it courses down her back. And sometimes down her front. <laughs> Come back, Barry. <laughs> Blank verse. She looks she looks like a cross between Cleopatra and Sir Anthony Blunt. <laughs> Her raven hair courses down that fine old back of hers. It is a fine back, but not as good as Bill Sir's. <laughs> when I speak of Mabel, I speak of this comely wench. I wouldn't say she smelt, but what is that frightful stench? <laughs> For Mabel, as I said, is comely, as comely as they come. She likes a gin and tonic, and she likes black currant and rum. Wherever she goes, this comely maid always causes a sensation. I didn't know she got a glass eye, but it came out in a conversation. <laughs> And <laughs> I suppose you could call that an artistic conclusion. Uh, so Barry Cryer and Graham Garden win that round. And we go on to a new game called New Versions. In this round, each team will improvise an extract from a well-known play or book, but present it in a new and different style. And we're going to start with Tim and Willie, and we want you to enact a scene from Macbeth in the style of Noah Coward. Three witches. We'll see you again in thunder, lightning, or in the rain. One day you will be a sane. <laughs> pom 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 pom. Pom 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 pom. I'm just dancing until you're ready. I've I've just been talking to three most extraordinary old women in the garage. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've been upstairs, hoovering and dusting, scrub, scrub, scrub. Who'd have thought the old man had so much blood in him? <laughs> <laughs> Mad dogs and Englishmen go up to the midday sun. So out, out, damn spot. <laughs> is, this, is, this, is this a dagger that I see before me? Sorry, darling, my kilts will keep riding up. <laughs> Don't put your dagger up my kilt, Mr. Worth. <laughs> Don't put your dagger up my kilt. It's a cigarette holder, dear. 
I will... Darling! Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes. Oh, the yes. garden appears to be walking up the drive. <laughs> <laughs> Very flat, Dunsinane. <laughs> I'm in the fortunate position. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. I can't talk. I'm in the fortunate position. <laughs> I'm in the position of being impervious to death at the hand of anyone not born of woman. I was... I was ripped untimely from my mother's womb. Oh, our womb was our Okay, thank you, Tim and Willie. Now we go over to Graham and Barry, and uh, I'd like you to act a scene from My Fair Lady in the style of Tennessee Williams. <laughs> violets, violets, lovely violets, you all. Oh, my. Will you listen to that, child? Oh, why can't the English teach their kinfolk <laughs> how to speak? <laughs> well... Hush my mouth. Who are, who are you, gentlemen, you are? Well, one of us is me. <laughs> I'm Professor Higgins, Professor of Elocution. And this here is my good buddy. <laughs> Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Late of the Kentucky Fried Infantry. <laughs> well, hello there, child. You look finger-pickering good to me. <laughs> Lark's a mussy, two fine gentlemen it must have sent you here. Because I feel, I feel a song coming on. All I want is a room somewhere. A hot tin roof keeping out the air. And I hope I get another line. And a streetcar named Desire. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely, Lark? Now, hush your mouth, child. Now, repeat after me. The rain in Spain is <laughs> mainly in Plains, Georgia. <laughs> the rain in Spain stays mainly in Plains, Georgia. Why, Georgia? I think she's got it. <laughs> Why? Why, here's that old Deus Ex machine out there. Here comes my daddy. Hello, Daddy. I'll keep talking, because he yeah. is my daddy. What's your news, Daddy? <laughs> well, hello. Hello, everybody. I got some great news. <laughs> I'm getting married in the morning. Yeah, the bells are going to chime. <laughs> Feather and Tommy. The clan cannot harm me. <laughs> if you get me to that church on time. Ah, why, Big Daddy Doolittle, it's called... <laughs> Usually I call for a celebration, and they're holding the governor's ball tonight. And we is going to be there. <laughs> I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night. Those it all around the floor. That's the end. There ain't no more. <laughs> <laughs> Both teams achieved full marks there. And that brings us to a point now where I sit back and listen to you teams uh, announcing the late arrivals, as I warned you earlier, 
for the journalist's ball. Here to do the cabaret is Nigel Dempster with hot gossip. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of the girls in that are Dolly Telegraph and Evelyn Standard. <laughs> Bill Tidy doing a strip. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Fried Ads with their daughter Clarissa Fried Ads. Fried Ads. There's Granny Ads who's the misprint of 1903. <laughs> there's Mr. and Mrs. Tickle Correspondence and their daughter Polly Tickle Correspondence. <laughs> Dan Excuse and Left and their daughter May Dan Excuse and Left. <laughs> oh, there's Fiona Richmond with a sign on her sweater that says Press. I think I will. <laughs> So there's the male family and their Welsh oriental daughter, Dileen. <laughs> Dileen male. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Mr. and Mrs. Toriel and their son, Eddie Toriel. Oh, there's the Indian theatre critic, Pandit Unmercifully. <laughs> and Horace Cope, who's looking at Uranus at the moment. Over there, Mr. and Mrs. Zine and their naughty daughter, Dirty Maggie Zine. <laughs> and her boyfriend... The sickly daughter, actually, of the weekly magazine. With <laughs> <laughs> her boyfriend, Charlie's on page three. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Knee Column and their daughter, Aggie Knee Column. <laughs> well, at this point... <laughs> Oh, there's Paul Out Supplement. No. The editor with his daughter, Letters to the Editor. <laughs> well, Willie Rushton, with that uh, last contribution, leaps into the lead and wins this week with uh, Barry Cryer, a close second, followed by Tim Brooke-Taylor and trailing Graham Garden. So join us again next week, and from all of us here, that's goodbye for now. Graham Garden, Timbrook Taylor and Willie Rushton were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme was produced by Paul Mayhew Archer. Mm -hmm.